the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Got a lot to talk about this first hour. Don't run anywhere. Make sure you stay here. Got some good stuff today. Uh, we always have good stuff. But some days are more important than other days, and today is one of those really important days. J.R. Davis has been trend, you know, transversing the, uh, the whole state of Arkansas and uh, has not been with us for a few weeks, is joining us today in the first half hour. Uh, I just got a text a few moments ago uh from uh, ken yang he's under the weather he says i can come in you know basically i said if you're sick stay home just stay home i don't want i never ask yeah. people who are sick to come into work stay home don't come here That's a yeah way of work thing yeah you know, it's not, and plus it's not like you know that's not a a nice thing that you're doing, Dave. That's just a selfish thing. And I would do the exact same thing. If you're sick, stay away from it. Yeah, I don't want to get yeah. sick. Yeah. I really do not exactly. want to get sick, just the way I am. By the way, uh, while we got a few moments here, can you believe how this whole thing about the pandemic is now playing out again? I mean, you got you got Fauci. You know, you know, get you know, get over it. You got uh, you know, people saying this. A uh, new variant is is dangerous. Now there's a second variant that's out there. I forget which one. I forget what the name is for this one. They act like this is something you know abnormal, and we see this every year during flu se- season. You know they they yeah. come up with the flu shot, and then they say, well, you know we got the bird flu, you got swine flu, you got all these other kinds of flus. And we think that the one that will hit this year is going to be a mixture of this one and that one. And then they miss it. And But taking the flu shot itself does a job at kind of calming your body down a little bit so that it can fight the flu more effectively. I, I cannot believe how this country has gotten to the point where they're, they're just scared to walk around and breathe the air. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, and also to the point though where it's. You know, we've we've done this for the last you know nearly year and a half. This is not. Uh, people are over it. I mean, look. If at some point, Dave, it comes down to personal responsibility. If you, everyone knows the risks. By this point, I mean, I figure you have to be living under a rock if you don't you know what the <laughs> risks are. Um, and you can go and protect yourself by getting a vaccination. If you have some concerns with the vaccination, that's totally fine as well, but, but that's your prerogative. But at some point, it has to be about 
you know, personal responsibility and personal choice. Uh, this is a democracy. This is, you know, people have uh, freedom to choose. And um, at some point, we just, we just have to understand that we're not going to get rid of this. It's going to be here. It's going to be a part of life, uh, just like the flu. And it was a great point. And we have to, we have to learn to live with it. Well, guess, um, guess what? The, the flu is a coronavirus. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to get rid of the coronavirus. It's been around, what, for 50 years or so, maybe longer, before we probably even knew and had a name for it. It's been around. It's just crazy. I mean, this whole thing about, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's now in pigs, and it's going to transfer itself over to humans and all the rest. I mean, I can't believe the, 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 the scare tactics that the media have used in this. Yeah, it's getting to the point. Well, also, it's, you know, look, we've talked about this before. I mean, um, this has been the media's sort of windfall, uh, being able to talk about coronavirus and COVID and what's happening day in and day out for, you know, uh, a little over, uh, a little short of a year and a half. And, and I think that now it's back in the headlines again. You know, even in Arkansas, you're seeing, uh, you're seeing some, some troubling numbers where, you know, we had, uh, you know, the biggest jump, nearly a th- thousand cases, new cases um, since, you know, I think it's five or six months. I mean, that's a little concerning just that those numbers are spiking again, but it doesn't, it shouldn't change how we approach it. Um, and I think that's what Governor Hutchinson is doing. He's trying to get the word out about vaccinations, you know, that this is going to protect you um, from the variant, uh, that you can, you know, basically live a normal life with these vaccines. Um, and so that, that's, that's really where we are. And that's what we have to do is just educate people, push that information out there and then just learn to live with it. I mean, that's, that's where we are. There's the, the talks of, um, you know, I'm sure there's some democratic States out there that are, they're going to talk about some sort of, you know, potential lockdown again or whatever it might be. But I'm telling you, that's, we're so far past that. That's not a thing we're doing anymore. There's no, we're not contemplating that anymore. It's just, it's now saying, Hey, you know, put on your big boy pants and figure out that this is just going to be part of life. Uh, and we got to deal with it. Yep. I, I agree with that. I mean, California, San Francisco, particularly, they're telling people to start wearing masks again. Even people who've been vaccinated, not necessary, say the doctors, not necessary. In fact, sends the entirely wrong message. Let me just ask, you know, the White House this or anybody else that's in in uh, in charge. Why would somebody want to go get a shot if you're telling them that if you've gotten the shot, it still doesn't protect you and so you need to wear a mask? Well, this goes back to the whole uh, mixed messaging. Um, and and it, it has been so bad at the federal level. I mean, even, even to some degree under the Trump administration, yeah. the back and forth from the CDC and now, you know, from Fauci again, who's telling people that if you have the vaccine, you know, it's not a bad idea to go ahead and still wear a mask. I'm like, we were just told a few weeks back by Joe Biden that if you have the vaccine, not to wear a mask. I mean, it's it's, and I know that things change and the science changes, but how many times, Dave, have we heard a complete opposite account from from Fauci uh, or the Biden administration that basically says, you know, one week do this, next week do that, 
And that's what's frustrating the American people. And that is what is going to get to the point where no one's going to pay attention to anything that comes out of the CDC or anything that comes out of Fauci's mouth um, because there is just a, consi- or a, a consistent enough um, contradiction and message uh, from, from the top down. And, and, and that is, I mean, I just think Americans are getting really tired of being told one thing and then, you know, that changes completely in a couple of weeks. Well, what they're tired of is the boy who cried wolf. I mean, that. Yeah. They should send that story to every uh, figure in Washington that has to make a, a, a statement about this disease. You know, if you keep on crying wolf, pretty soon when you cry wolf, it falls on it falls on everybody's deaf ears. They don't hear it anymore. It just doesn't happen anymore so anyway uh, i'm going to be interested to see how all of this plays out hey look at the, the democrat party's taking it on the chin here uh in this late in the latest polls that are coming out uh, uh the american people are uh, absolutely you know tired of the defund the police it was the gop's idea uh, argument when everybody knows that that's just flat out a lie and uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out at all uh you got that out there you got this whole thing about covid out there you've got the president now and and he's now he's he's divided it up he talks about you know infrastructure and social in infrastructure he's divided the two things now at least they're getting a little transparency on that you got critical race theory uh, you've got the 1619 project. You got the first lady out promoting some of this stuff. Uh, the American people are going, uh, we didn't ask for all of this. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, I think that there's just a, I don't know if it's a, uh, sort of just an exhaustion, uh, <laughs> that has happened. Everything's been exacerbated and, and, pushed to the top over the last year and a half. Um, I, I think the American people are, uh, I mean, really, I just think exhausted. Uh, it, it's just been, it, it's, it's been hyper, um, uh, and hyper drive over the last, you know, 18 months. And, and I just, uh, you know, at some point, uh, it, it, at some point you just have to shut it down. Right. I mean, for just, I'm talking just generally the public, just like, I'm just going to stop listening. This isn't what I'm, paying attention to anymore it changes there's no consistency uh everything is is hypersensitive uh everything is politically correct i mean it's it at some point right you're just going to lose the american electorate because it's just it's just it's exhausting it's a full-time job just trying to keep up with it all i mean they deny that there's a problem on the border i mean we can go on and on here uh jr and you know, they can try to gaslight the American public as much as they want, but people do believe their eyes after they see enough of this stuff in the news, uh, even when the news is trying to gaslight them, uh, that, they can, that they can make a, a decision on themselves. People want to get back to normal life again. That's exactly right. And I, and I think the worst part of this, and particularly politically for the Biden administration, is um, you know, look, I thought I thought it was a good political move um, uh, that that Biden throughout this whole thing has been sort of at least 
at least pointing to some sort of trajectory, right? That we're getting out of this, that there's good news coming, it's continued. And and politically, look, Republican, Democrat, I think that was the right move. People are tired. People want to get out of this and get back to normal. Well, I think it's going to be a pretty big, uh, uh, depending on how this administration handles it, this could be something that is, uh, that turns into a pretty big deal for Biden administration, especially heading into a midterm mm-hmm. uh, election, because you know there, there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on him um, to basically pull back, shut some things down. I mean, there, there's going to be pressure there uh, from liberals saying that this variant is, you know, it's deadly or it's more contagious. People are going to die. I mean, I, there is. We just know that there's going to be a a faction of this country that's very loud that's going to say, you have to do this, you need to do this, and there's going to be pressure there. The problem is you can't you can't give people, which is crazy that I'm saying this as an American, but over the last 18 months, our freedoms have been uh, taken away to a, to a great deal. Uh, and obviously not here in Arkansas, but across the country, there's been states that have had just complete lockdown. They've been forced to shutter their businesses, no choice of their own. And they've been given those freedoms back to only have them taken away once again. I mean, no, that ain't going to work. You think, yeah, you think people were <laughs> mad last time? Try it this time. And, that's, and I really think that's the direction we're going instead of the, again, guys, this is personal responsibility. Here's how you can protect yourself and your family. Get the shot. If you don't want the shot, that's fine. But let's not be surprised that people who don't get the shot are going to get COVID. You know, I mean, it's just it's not rocket science. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Hey, we got to take a break. Let's do that. I've got Jr. Jr. Davis is uh, with us today. He'll be with us at the bottom of the hour. We'll come back. We got one more segment to do with him. By the way, all over the news this morning, as I was flipping around. They were making a a statement, 4 million people have died because of COVID-19. 4 million people. And everybody goes, oh my God, 4 million people. Can I remind you that there are 7.8 billion people on the face of the globe right now? Do the math. All right, let's take a break. Uh, Pat Davis, want to remind you, you need some health care? You know, I was listening to the, uh, the president uh, last night and he was talking about this uh, social infrastructure and he was talking about how they want to give more uh, subsidies to people so they can buy more uh, and better health insurance let me tell you how to buy better health insurance real fast it's not, and, and again we're not talking rocket science again just call pat davis you call pat davis you're going to save 30 to 50 percent on your health insurance That's right. Maybe you don't need a government subsidy. Maybe you don't need to be feeding at the government trough. You ever thought about that? Maybe what you need to do is just go to talk to somebody to give you the right directions so that you can save the money you need to save so you can have the good health insurance you need to have. And Pat Davis, I'm telling you, he's the guy to start with. The number is 501-605-6935. 501 605 6935, yourhealthplanman.com. How about no copays? How about uh, if you're self employed? This is the perfect plan for you. This is a health plan that's actual insurance and not a share plan. Uh, the excess money that's sitting out there when you go and get treated doesn't go to the insurance company. It 
gets kicked back to you. Talk to Pat Davis today, 501-605-6935. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. J.R. Davis on the the record with me today. Good to have him along talking with him in the next half hour. You're going to want to hear what we have to talk about. We're going to talk about Senate Bill 676. We uh, covered this as it was going through the legislature. It's a huge bill. Uh, You know how I feel about sexual abuse. You know what I feel like about what children go through. I've had uh, four of my own children be sexually abused, two by a neighbor, uh, two by a uh, family member. And uh, I can just tell you, it's it's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And I've always said that I thought sexual abuse was worse than murder because the victim, the victim never gets over it. They never get over it. I'm just telling you. Uh, Kim, my daughter who passed away a couple of year, uh, a year ago, uh, was one of those victims uh, by a uh, stepfather. And I can tell you that... Uh, I would get calls from her at times in the middle of the night because she was dealing with trigger events uh, that occurred, and it it, it had a, uh, a terrible repercussion on her life all through her life. And uh, Josh Gillespie is going to join us. He's a lawyer. Uh, we're going to talk about the legalities of this particular piece of legislation because it takes off the, the statute uh, limitations uh, on sexual abuse. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell Josh this when I get him – here in front of the microphone he's sitting in the studio but uh we're going to talk about this really seriously because this was one of the one of the better pieces of legislation that came through uh the last session jr davis is with us jr uh, what do you think about uh the folks at the teachers union national education association uh came out yesterday and said critical race theory we don't we don't teach no stinking critical race theory you know we don't do any of that stuff and yet at their next meeting guess who's going to be addressing them the man behind critical race theory is going to be uh, uh be talking to them let me let me just read from their statement yesterday you're going to love this uh they they said they are committing it's more than three million members to a quote study that critiques empire white supremacy anti-blackness, anti-indigeneity, racism, patriarchy, cis-heteropatriarchy, capitalism, ableism, anthrocentrism, and other forms of power and oppression at the intersections of our society. (laughs) Doesn't sound like they're teaching critical race theory at all, does it? That was, that's, that's the most words put into one sentence I think I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I don't even know. You should try uh, to say it. Kind of lost me at the I, hey, lost me at the beginning. It sounds like history, uh, but I'm not really sure. Yeah. Oh, you put all those words together. Yeah. I mean, look, I think there's been so much uh, uh, just, I don't know. I don't want to be careful because I know everyone is very sensitive. Anything you say, it, you know, it seems like you're going to offend somebody. But I mean, look, at the end of the day, uh, there, there has there are certain sort of trigger words I feel like in in you know society today. You say it, people get upset about it. Everybody is passionate about it. Um, look, at the end of the day, like we need to be teaching our kids history. 
like just history. Just generally, that's that's already a that's already a curriculum in in, in most classrooms. Uh, you got to know where you came from to know where you're going. History is an important part of that, uh, but we shouldn't be using the classroom as a way to basically brainwash or reteach our children um, one aspect of history versus the whole thing. Does that make sense? And and that's and that to me that's where it it's very dangerous that when we talk about critical race theory or whatever it might be, and right now it's this we we. This is uh, America. We should not be, you know, basically force feeding our our students, our kids at a very, very young age, a specific piece in order to have them think a certain way. Um, I think that's what's dangerous. Um, and, and that's what people need to keep an eye on, not just with critical race theory but with other things that are being pushed down from the top. Well, Jr., I appreciate you stopping by today. I know you're really, really busy, and here in another month you're going to be super busy. So uh, thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for the time today. I appreciate you being part of the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll have you on here in the next couple of weeks, okay? Thanks, Dave. All Good right, talk, well, to, talk you. to you later. All right, Jr. Davis here on the Dave Ellswick uh, Show. All right, we've got about 20 seconds. i got to get you into news after we get news. Uh, we'll play some, uh, you know, those terrible capitalistic spots that we play. By the way, if you're Boris Becker today, uh, know that you can't say that somebody's wife is pretty anymore. If you do, uh, the women's lib people will come and get you. Hey, when you need to get your roof fixed, good PI roofing. Uh, they are the people, they are the professionals that will take care of that for you. I've told you all the stories about my, my uh, successes with them. Uh, I was just talking to Joel a few weeks ago, and uh, we got talking about the first time that they did my roof, and uh, they're going to have to do it again because I've, I've been up there and taken a look at it, and a lot of the granular material now is is off the top of the roof, so we're going to have to get some new stuff up there. But uh, they put a new roof on, and something went wrong with the felt. And I came home from work the next day after they had done my roof, and there, it looked like waves was in my in my roof it looked really weird and uh, i called uh pi roofing i talked to just the normal people you talk to and they they said let us call call you back uh we want to talk to the project manager and they called me and they said we'll be out tomorrow mr Ellswick. we'll fix that for you they came out tore the whole roof off put a whole new roof on uh cleaned up the way that they always do they're fantastic about that and uh, there's not a scrap of paper sitting around or a nail anywhere. And uh, came to me and said, it's all uh, fixed. No problem. Uh, have a great day. And I said, well, is there any cost? And he said, nope. No cost to you uh, at all. None. Zip. Nada. And, uh, and that's the kind of service you get from PI Roofing. You call Joel and the folks of PI Roofing at 707-3551. 707-3551. And Josh Gillespie sitting across from me, and I'm I'm doing this off off the top of my head. I've been doing it for 20 years, so it's it's ingrained in my gray in my in my gray matter. Uh, all those synapses, they're, they're, they get, I get going on PI roof, and it just follows the same path. Muscle memory. Yeah, definitely. All right, but 707-3551 or PI Roofing dot com. All right, six thirty seven. We're going to talk about something that I will be honest with you, uh, touches me deeply, touches me emotionally, and touches me in a way that 
if you are found guilty of this particular crime, I have, and I talk to God about this a lot. I'll be honest with you. I talk to him about this a lot because I know that, uh, you know, in the Lord's prayer, forgive those who trespass against us, you know, but I'm just telling you, um, I have problems forgiving people, uh, especially people who do this to young children and that's sexual abuse. And, uh, a big step was taken, uh, forward, uh, by the state legislature in this last legislative session and uh, it was Senate Bill 637, is that right? 676. 676, all right, 676. Uh, and uh, what they did is they said that if you've been sexually abused, that you can bring charges against people if you haven't done it. And you're now, let's say it happened when you were 12 and now you're 35 you can still bring charges against the person who abused you. And I think that that is the right thing to do. There's families who cover this up. There's families who protect people in families that are, are sexual abusers and do it all the time. There are fathers who sexually abused all of their daughters. Uh, it, the typical sexual, uh, sexual abuser is not somebody that is unbeknownst to you. You know them, probably. That's how they sexually abuse kids. They get so close to them. And, Josh, what's going on with this? Well, that's right, Dave. Um, this is a problem that is much more of a prevalent problem than I think most people realize. You obviously realize. Yeah. It's happening right under, right under our noses, and it gets reported very rarely. Um, most of the time... Uh, Parents don't always call the police, um, and it takes years, years for the victim to come to terms with what happened to them, mm-hmm. to reach that stage in life where they're ready to claim their justice, to stand up for themselves against the person that abused them, and possibly if there was an organization that knew that person was dangerous and allowed the abuse to happen, then against that organization as well. Uh, and that's what this law is all about. It's about protecting children, Dave. Um, it's bringing closure to adults that as kids, they don't. They think, I bet you deep down inside, they still believe it's their fault. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you alluded to uh, acquaintances, and, and that's absolutely right. Outside of, of interfamilial abuse, the the by far the most likely scenario is an acquaintance who uh, meets a child at through through scouting or through church or through through little league any you know any yeah. horrific setting you can think of and um, begins what's known as a grooming process whereby the child becomes comfortable and even comes to comes to to in some ways think this really is normal. like yes like this person so in that way it makes the child feel complicit in what's happening mm-hmm. to them so that they do feel guilt, right? And it takes years, years, decades often for, for children to grow up and realize that, hey, this wasn't right, and, hey, this has ruined my life in some ways. Yeah. I think you said something. I heard you say something uh, in the previous segment that I completely agree with, and that's that, that short of murder, I think there's no worse harm that can be done to a child. See, I don't even know if that's the case. I mean – 
somebody kills you, yeah. it's done and, and, and over with, all right? Mm-hmm. Look, I've walked with my daughters and I've walked with my sons through the counseling sessions that it takes to help them deal with this. Doesn't mean that they're going to be 100% on the other side. Right. All right. And it's tough. Mm-hmm. And it's with them the rest of their lives. It is. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm a personal injury lawyer, but I'm a personal injury lawyer who mainly represents sexual abuse victims. That's by, I have a, I do a few other things, but the vast majority of my clients are, are or folks that were sexually abused as children. Man, you got better stomach than I do. Well, that's you know, tough. It it is tough, but I, I I believe I believe a couple things very strongly. One is that uh, it's important to make your little corner of the world, in this case Arkansas, um, better than you found it. And I'm trying to do that. Good. You know, decrease suffering and misery to what extent I can. Uh, another thing I believe is that. The way in which a society treats its children is a measure, the best measure of that society's soul. And I'm I'm borrowing from a Nelson Mandela quote there that uh, that goes something like, "There can be no keener revelation of a society's soul than the way in which it treats its children." That's true. And uh, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, and the Arkansas legislature and the governor in Making this bill law um, is living up to that to that maxim since it passed. Since it passed, yeah. All right, since it's passed now, and they should they. Are, I give them a lot of credit, a lot of credit for for doing this. How tough is it? And uh, I'll start with this question, and we'll pick it up after the break because we got to get a break in. Uh, how tough is it when you've got a case that may be ten, fifteen, twenty? plus years old mm-hmm. to go, take get somebody into the courtroom and prove your case it's it's terribly difficult it's terribly difficult but before this law it wasn't even possible right it wasn't even possible uh so now because the statute of limitations has been so dramatically changed uh from age 21 to age 55 plus we have this two-year window it's going to be opening up soon and during this two-year window, known as a revival period, and it applies retroactively, anybody, whether they're whether they're forty-five or ninety-five, whether they were abused in the nineteen fifties, sixties, seventies, what have you, during that two-year window, can timely bring their claim. Now, All it'll right. be difficult, but they can do it now. Well, let's talk about it when we come back. It's a, it's a great move forward for the state of Arkansas. Are we one of the first states to do? this particular type of uh, law absolutely we Great. are absolutely uh and and the first in the south oh that's that's tremendous because in the south it's probably worse than a lot of other places in the united states if you have questions about filing for social security you can get those answers in a simple easy to understand booklet it's called your guide to social security it's from david lucas financial in north little rock 27 page booklet outlines what you need to know And it could help you get even more income when you file for Social Security. So if you're within five years of filing for Social Security, get this free booklet now by calling 501-222-3315. As a bonus, you're going to receive a free 
customized social security analysis. And what that does, it pinpoints the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. Pick up the phone, call right now. There's nobody there. Okay, I'm going to tell you, it's, you're going to leave a voicemail for them. Just leave the information they ask. They'll get back to you. 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. More with Josh when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We just I was just talking to Josh about a story I saw pop up on Fox News. They've passed a bill in the U.K., saying that you cannot boil lobsters any longer. You know what they're saying? You should freeze them. That uh, They end up dead, folks. Way, that I don't would, get it. That would not be a popular law where my family comes from. And from the, up in east, on the east? Yeah, but right. I went up east uh, on one of our Patriot tours, and I got to tell you what, there ain't nothing like a, a fresh lobster oh, dinner. Good it's good stuff to eat. I love it. My wife had never done it before. Mm. And she she says, what's all this stuff? And she's putting yeah. on the bib. And all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I say, you're going to understand by the time you get done. You bathe in this stuff. And you don't have to go to a fancy restaurant to get a lobster. Oh, there. no. It's like a, like a catfish house down here. You yeah. You sit on a bench out there with paper plates. And, and just tearing into it, yeah. man. It's good stuff. That other voice, Josh Gillespie. He is a, a, a lawyer, uh, a personal injury lawyer, and he's joined us today. We're talking about a piece of legislation that passed in the uh, latest uh, legislative session that uh, has loosened the the ability to bring cases against sexual offenders. And, and let's talk about some of the problems. This has been many times the secret that is kept for some families. Mm-hmm. Families have known that perhaps a father is a serial abuser or an uncle. In fact, I didn't realize it until I was listening to an interview just uh, maybe six months ago with Pete Townsend of The Who. Mm-hmm. And in the rock opera Tommy, he talks about his Uncle Ernie. Mm-hmm. Uncle Ernie, come to be found out, abused Pete Townsend when he was a kid. He was writing songs about it. I did not know that. Yeah. He's writing songs about it, and he and uh, he says that that was probably the reason that he had so much problem with alcohol. Right. So, you know, talk about that. Well, absolutely, absolutely. The 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 effects that this has on children uh, can be seen. They're extreme, and they can be seen. I might as well move up on throughout the throughout the throughout the child's life. Thank as they you. Grow up. It greatly increases the odds of substance abuse, alcohol, like alcoholism, drug abuse. Greatly increases the odds, obviously, of suffering from depression, uh, suicidal thoughts. Um, you name it, it makes life more difficult. And it's, it's for most, I've been doing this for a lot of years and, and have represented um, a lot, a lot of victims in a lot of different situations. And, and one thing that I find consistently across the board is that at no point in their lives do they stop thinking about it regularly you know and there'll be times they'll there'll be times i I represented i'm not going to get into names obviously but i represented a guy who was uh, abused by a a priest here in little rock in in the 70s and um he he went you know 
a long period of time, several years, where, where while he didn't forget about it, everything was kind of okay. And then one day in his 50s, the memories just started flooding him and hitting like a ton of bricks. And he's sitting there in his office. He owned a small business. He's just sitting there. And he couldn't do anything except stare at the paint on the walls all day long for days. Would get up, go to work, tell his wife he was going to work, and just sit there and not and just be paralyzed, paralyzed mm-hmm. with the memory of what happened to him. Um, and and that's just one example. And that guy that guy came to me, and and we were able to get him some justice finally. Good. Um, so, and that's what this law is all about. And and I encourage anybody listening that wants to know more, know more about this um, to to. Visit. We have a we have a, a website that we put up that explains the law and how it works. It's www.justiceforarkansasvictims.com. Um, www.justiceforarkansasvictims.com. I know we've been running some ads about that mm-hmm. here on the answer. Sure. And and if you've suffered through this, mm-hmm. you need to call. You need to talk to somebody. Absolutely. And there's there's a phone number on that website where they can get a hold of me personally. Okay, uh, and cost them nothing. I will talk to them anonymously if they want, and and just just hear them out. And I encourage them to please do that. If you're driving around out there and and you were abused by um, by a clergy member or or anyone else, um, whether this was in the '60s or whether this was five years ago, and you've not come forward, please go to that website. Please give us a call. We can we can help. We can help you get the treatment that you need. We can send you to the right people for that, um, and we can explain your options about getting justice. Which for a lot of folks, getting justice, and you know, it's like standing up for them. It's like standing up to that bully um, who bullied you for years on the playground that you always wished that you know you would have stood up to. Well, this is that opportunity. It makes and, and for most of most victims, it brings a sense of. Um, if not closure, something close to closure, um, and, and they feel better about themselves. They feel better about um, the fact that they're taking control of their lives. They're regaining their agency that was so wrongly taken from them um, all those years ago. All right. So we know the things that have happened within the church and things of that nature. Let's make it personal for a moment. Sure. When it happens within the family Mm -hmm. and the family covers it up and uh, everybody knows, but nobody, it's the unspoken secret. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to a lot of people and it all, uh, I'll get emails after this show, Mm -hmm. not castigating me, but thanking me for talking about it. Because I talk about this outright to people all the time. Uh, you 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 say well we want to keep the family together. Uh, your family's not together right now. Your fam- if if you've got this kind of secret, your family is not together. And and if you're telling some member of your family, get over it. Shame on you. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, shame on you. It's one it's one of the worst personal things that can be done to a person. Absolutely, it's being. Revictimized all over again. Yeah, by nobody or or people don't believe you. Right. If somebody comes to you and your family and say and says X, Y, or Z touched me wrong or whatever, mm-hmm. believe them. Mm-hmm. 
believe them. You don't want to believe them. I understand that. But believe them and at least approach and start a process. And, and I think you hear that a lot. I hear that a lot that, hey, I'm afraid nobody will believe me. Well, I certainly believe them. And I'll tell you, this is not something that that people are clamoring to make up about themselves. This is, if you're going to make up something for to, to get a leg up, this is not it. People just don't do that. Um, I can't even think of a single case I've had where the the defendant was using that as a defense, you know, that uh, we don't think it happened. That belief is not the issue here. Um, what's often been the issue is, is the statute of limitations, and that's been the biggest roadblock, and, and that's gone now. All right, so that's gone. It's still not going to be an easy road to to walk. I don't want you to think that because they suddenly said, okay, you can go after these people. That mm-hmm. that doesn't that just gives you the opportunity. That's right. To do it is going to be tough. Yeah, you still have to prove your case, but that's 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 why I'm here. And, and that's what I do. That's what I that's what I have have uh, made a career of doing and and we're very good at what we do. All right. Have you have you run into I, I can hear it in the background. All right. I don't even they don't have to call me and say anything that somebody could make this stuff up. So let me just ask you, when you do your uh, investigation and you ask all the questions, are you able to tell if the person's telling you the truth or not? Yes. Yes. Almost always. All right. Josh, let's do this again. I'd really really like to have you back in and, and talk about this subject because it's the subject nobody wants to talk about. But it has such, such uh, present and future implications for people. It really does. Right. For the person who has been abused and for the, uh, the person who's abusing, because they won't stop unless you stop them. It's, it's simple. And uh, just, just and thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dave, for letting me come in here and talk about this very, very important new law. And, and again, I just want people listening to know that... Uh, we can help. Please go to www.justiceforarkansasvictims.com or they can go to my website, www.greenandgillespie.com or they can call 501-244-0700. And again, they'll speak with me personally. I will personally evaluate their case anonymously and do everything I possibly can. All right. If something happened to you, and now we've talked about it and it's brought up bad memories and you feel bad about what's going on, you need help. All right, we got to get out of here. I got uh, Joe and Duck coming up in the next hour. Josh, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Dave Ellswick Show.
let's get into the uh, final hour of a Thursday edition of the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along with us today. Uh, if you have been sexually abused, please get a hold of Josh Gillespie. All right. Please get a hold of him and uh, <coughs> follow their instructions if, if you want to to do that. All right. So that's just something for us to all think about uh, out there because it's, ter- it's just a terrible crime. It really is. All right. Joe and Duck are here. Duck will not be here next week. Uh, I won't tell you why, because if I do, his wife will call me later today and you got it and give me all kinds of grief about it. <laughs> Man, quit talking about it. No, you know, but bottom line, that's just the way it goes. That's, that's the way it is. Uh, guys, let's talk about I sent you some articles. It was talking about uh cars today and what they have on them and there was nothing on there that was new as far as safety devices except for one did you see the the thing about the rear view mirror yeah i thought that was pretty interesting they're going to put another camera on your car and it will be hooked directly to your rear view mirror and uh, if you happen to and you've seen people who are driving down the road and they got the back seat full of all kinds of crap that they're moving or whatever, and they can't see anybody in back of them. You know you're supposed to be able to. A police officer, from what I understood, is supposed to be able to pull you over if you've, you know, made it so that you can't see out the back of your car. But what they're what they're going to be able to do is as you drive down the road, you're going to be able to look in your rearview mirror, and it won't be just that little tiny Spot. square. It'll be the whole rearview mirror, and you'll be looking in back of your car. it be like, you're looking right through your rearview mirror. We had a 2021 pickup the other day, uh, Friday, I think it was. No, Tuesday of this week that they serviced, and it's already on there. And that's cool. I, I just think that that's it's, a, it's that's a great there. safety device. I like that. Sure. You know, the lane departure, the uh, blind spot. Yeah. And even the... The 360 cam is pretty cool oh, as yeah, well. It is. Yeah, that's what Tracy's got on hers and... And it, I don't. I, I don't know how they look I, down I on your car. I ain't figured that out yet, neither. <laughs> they're in, they're, the cameras are in the mirrors. Russell and uh, is that what it is? Yeah. Russell okay. and Blake went, uh, and there was four of my guys went to school last week on that, on these new camera systems, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what Russell told me today. You ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till another couple of years. And uh, they went to school to know how to program them because if you replace the mirror, you got to program it. Right. If you replace the rearview mirror, you got to program it. If you replace the windshield, you got to program it. The windshield, yes, got a sensor made up there behind the mirror. Some of the windshields have cameras in them, right? Yeah, and yeah, he said all this stuff's got to be programmed. Well, I remember two years ago we did a show about that, and I asked you, did you have to have some kind of special technology with these side cameras or side yes. sensors? That when something went bad, when you when you fixed them, you had to put things up around them or whatever so yes. that you could reset them again. And you guys said, yes. yes. There's an alignment machine for that. There's about 20 different people making them out there. And I believe Snap-ons come up with the easiest one to calibrate and get set up. Russell was talking to them yesterday about it. It's about, uh, I don't know, $15,000. And some of the calibrations, if you replace a part on it or something like that, can run anywhere from... 
two to four hundred dollars to calibrate one. Yeah, all this stuff isn't free. No. A rear You're taillight. paying for it. A rear taillight for a 2020 Ford Expedition because one of my customers' wife backed into it and broke it. Sixteen hundred dollars. Did it have a camera in it? Yes. No. Okay. Got a camera and a radar device. Oh, okay. Sixteen. He liked. He liked to fell out. So I, I said, "Well, let me call Sonny's. See if he's got one." I called Sonny's. <laughs> RD. They. He looked for two days. Called me back and he said, "Just well buy a new one." Because ain't no aftermarket nothing on them. Right. But, but this one has a camera and a radar device in it. Now, sooner or later, it will become so common. Yeah, they'll be out. That there'll be other companies that make those devices, right? Well, the company who's making them for Ford and Chevrolet and Dodge, they'll release them to the public, you know. Besides. About seven years. Yeah. Okay, so you got the same situation with these new devices that you have with a with a new prescription. Exactly. You wait seven to ten years, and they become generic. <laughs> And then everybody, you can buy it for a lot cheaper. Same yeah. thing with these cars now and some sure. of the new safety features they have. Well, yeah, you can buy it aftermarket in seven years, and in 10 years, manufacturer won't make it no more. No, the only way you can get it is aftermarket. Yeah. Well, okay. you remember the, the Cadillac headlight, Joe. You know, when mm-hmm. they first come out, they sure. was they was fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars $1,800. And you can buy the whole assembly now with everything in it for about five. Wait another five years, be a bite it too. Oh, probably so. <laughs> Wait another five years and may not have very many of them running on the road. That's right. That's right. I mean, look, everything I put on my car is aftermarket. There's no doubt they don't make stuff for 2010, Katie. But I was looking at uh, consumer reports, mm-hmm. and they used to. T- I was reading an article about used cars to buy and not to buy, mm-hmm. and I was looking at the Acadia. Don't buy one that said. From 2000, in 2009, first year. Mm-hmm. Don't buy it from 2011 to 2013. The 10 was okay. Mm-hmm. Something happened after 10 that they had some problems with it. Yes. And, and, the, and it's like any manufacturer. You know, they run through a glitch and they'll change this up or change that up. And then it gives them nightmares. And then they'll finally get it figured back out again. We'll go again. Well, this article, I'm going to get the writer of this article, if I can, guys, and have him join us and talk sure. with us, uh, talking about used cars and that buying a 15-year-old used car mm-hmm. is not unheard of now and can be as good as a brand-new car. Well, just go by the dealers. See, I mean, new vehicles. You well, they don't have the them now because they don't have the the, the computer yeah. chips. But even when they get the computer chips, a lot of people are not going to be able to f- afford some of these new cars that are out there well, now. Ford broke the the hundred thousand dollar mark here about a year ago on a Ford pickup. I thought it would take us a lot longer to get to that point that they did over in uh, Europe where you bought a car and you bought it under a 10-year a, a uh, contract. Japan's five years, Dave. Yeah, well, we're going to be well, five we're seven years, now. Five years, and it has to come off the road in Japan. It cannot be drove after it's five years old. It cannot be? It cannot. They, it has to be stripped and sold for parts. Wow. Five years. Now, that's crazy. I got a... One of my people I buy from, he he buys a lot of motors from over there, and 
they're they're all less than five years old, and they all got less than sixty or seventy thousand miles on them. Hmm. It's, it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> but in five years, he said they had to come off the road. He said, "Don't that, the government will go around and pick them up." Now that sounds like you tell me if you agree with me on this, Joe. <laughs> this sounds like the car manufacturers and the government got some kind of deal going here. Want to make hey, sure that now, the, you know they wouldn't do nothing. Got to like make that. sure that the car makers are making some money because they're not making money if you're still just driving one of their cars for <laughs> yeah, ten years, years later. Old. Yeah, you're not making money. But in off Japan, of it. it's five years and it has to come off the road. Wow, that to me is crazy. We'd be in trouble around here. Yep, I would say so. Absolutely. All right, quarter after seven, Duck and Joe are here. They'll answer some questions from you, 823-0965, 823-0965. If you got a moment, give us a call. Tell us what you think of all these different safety features now that there are on the automobiles. I mean, you can be sitting in the lot at Walmart, and you want to make sure that the guy that parked next to you so close that you could hardly get into your car again, you don't want to scrape or trade dirt with them, now you can turn on cameras so you can see all the way around your automobile, see the other cars and whatnot, see behind you, have sensors that tell you if there's anything coming behind you from either direction. You can crank it and it back itself out. Yeah, yeah, you can let let it back out. You don't even have to do that. What do you think? Do you like them or do you think they've gone too far? <coughs> 8230965, Dave Ellswick Show. Here on, of course, 1011 FM, The Answer. Bumper to Bumper does a great job with parts. And uh, sounds like to me this, that's really important now, Joe and, and Duck, because people aren't buying new cars. They're fixing their old cars. You reach over there and hit that red button there. There you go. Yeah, and, and Absolutely. And it's going to get worse for people, you know, repairing vehicles. I mean, I'm putting transmissions in cars. O one, O two, and motors in them that five years ago they wouldn't have they wouldn't got repaired. Yeah, they, they'd be in a junkyard somewhere. They, they'd have got sold off, you know. And, and um, but uh, you know, well, the, the 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 higher mileage cars are getting fixed more now. Two reasons why, in my opinion: one, the price of a new car, and two, the lack of a new car right now. Exactly, and and so folks are going out there and they'll say, "Well, I need four or five thousand dollar re- repair on this engine or transmission or other things, even you know front end and brakes and just uh, AC repair." And it just adds up, and you got a three or four thousand dollar bill. And they're like, ah, "I'm just going to trade it off." And two days later, they bring it back and say, "I'm going to go ahead and fix that." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because they went out and priced price new cars. Went, yeah, it's crazy. Well, I got one of my customers got a 2020 uh, Ford pickup. They offered him almost what he paid for it a year ago, back on it, yeah. which was within fifteen hundred dollars what he paid for. It. That tells you a lot, right there. And it's got twenty four, twenty five thousand miles on it. I, I, and then I asked in a him, year, I, I got more miles than that on mine. And, and then I asked him, I said, "So what are you going to drive?" He said, "That's why I didn't sell it to him." Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I got a customer that said he's going to uh, renew some trucks in his fleet, and he went over and pri- he was going to get a price on three. And he's driving a 2017 GMC with uh, less than eighty thousand on it. And the guy said, "In 2022, I'll have some." Yeah, but if you want to sell that one, I'll buy it from you. He said, "Well, what do you give me for it?" 
He came back and made him offer $3,000 less than what he paid for it in four years ago. Yeah. I mean, and, that's, in, that, that's crazy. Yeah. But think about this, too, Joe. When all the computer chips get made for the body control module, mm-hmm. how many 2021s are they going to flood the market with? A bunch. They're already Ford's sitting Ford's got 38,000 yeah. sitting up in Kentucky at the plant. Yeah, they're going. They're just going to be here, and, they, and everybody else is going to do the same thing. And, uh, and maybe you'll find maybe some good go deals. Down, yeah. Oh, I'm, <laughs> sure you, I'm, I'm sure because, you know, they're, they're going to want to turn all them 21s but you know, before they start throwing the 22s out there. And, and they, they're, they're getting ready to start the— uh, the assembly line for the twenty twos now. Oh, there are you can you can order one right now and get it. Oh, and you can GM, get it. Yep, thirteen okay. weeks from GM to get it. You know who is the the company that uh, does best on parts for the their late model automobiles? GM. I thought that was interesting. I don't know. I waited two weeks for Government a, Motors for a right <laughs> for a right window motor and a door actuator for my pickup. It'd be three weeks today that I went by there and ordered it. So. I didn't say you wouldn't have to wait. I just said that <laughs> they're well, number one people wanting to hold on to their you, automobile. The bridge in Memphis is is really a problem. I ordered uh, part from, uh, and they said, "Well, it's in the depot in Memphis." I said, "Okay, I'm going to get it overnight." Then they said, "No, nope. it might be Two ordered days. on a Friday." They said, "Well, you get it on Tuesday." Yep. Well, I got it the following Friday because they sent it to. Horn Lake, Mississippi, and went there, and they had to get it from there. And I, I don't know. I, I I know how long it takes to drive to Memphis. I just even if you sit in line at the bridge for two hours, could have beat that week's time. Yeah, you yeah. got that right. And, so anyway, and bumper to bumper does everything they can. Oh, to work around all yeah. of that. Yeah, and and they've got problem getting stuff just like everybody else does. Yep. You know, I I, I needed a water pump for a Jeep Commander, the three point five Joe. Yeah. I mean, in called Bumper to Bumper, they didn't have it. So I started, I told Russell, it's one of my good customers, and that's almost right. She got to go back and forth to work. So he started calling around, couldn't find one in town, no worries. All right, got to get a break in. We'll come back, Bumper to Bumper. That's where you want to get your parts from. How do you get your those parts for your car? Go to your local Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Center right here in central Arkansas. All right, we like answering your questions that you send to to us, but we like it even better when we get to talk to you. And uh, let's talk uh, to Art in Valonia. Hi, Art. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, how are you guys doing this morning? Fantastic. Can't complain. Cool. Um, I've got a 1999 Chevrolet Suburban. It is a, well, it's bad as a uh, 2500, but it is, the heavy model it's more like a one ton uh it only has a 5.7 liter engine but it's got the 4l or was it 4l 80e transmission yes sir uh four-wheel drive also and uh it, it runs absolutely great until i hook a trailer up to it and when i say a trailer i just it could be a a uh a 12 foot uh 12-foot flatbed trailer with nothing on it or a box trailer empty or anything like that, and it just feels like I'm pull, trying to pull a tank. It okay. just bogs it down so bad. But, run, ideas? but running down the road by itself, it runs fine, accelerates fine, 
No check engine light on, nothing like that? No, sir. Never had a check engine light on it. I've had it ripped into the service center several times. They said the, uh, you know, there's no, it doesn't throw any codes at all. Um, so I'm like, I'm baffled. I'm thinking transmission myself, but I don't know. Nah, I don't, nah, I don't I think have so. codes for that, too. I'm going to ask you a dumb question. When when, okay. when you put that on there and you accelerate it, you push the pedal down, it goes good till you get to a certain point, and you keep pushing the pedal down, it just doesn't just flattens out and won't go? No. Um, I, I can be, well, let's, let's put it this way. If I'm going up or just straight down the uh, road, uh, mm-hmm. say the freeway even, I've got it up to highway speed, yeah. and as soon as I get to the slightest incline, it will start dragging that truck down. Okay. And it's like, it, it's literally like it puts on the brakes somehow. What's the mileage on that truck? Well, the mileage itself on the truck's only 180, but the motor's only got 100. Okay. I got a question. Next. Have you ever checked fuel pressure in it? Yeah. Uh, no. Sounds like you low fuel pressure, and it runs fine until you get... I'd, I'd look weight. at the fuel filter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that has a fuel. Yeah, that has a fuel filter yeah. on it, underneath the right, underneath the driver's yeah. door. Yeah, I, I bet you that filter is about two thirds stopped up, and you're not getting enough fuel pressure. Yeah, enough flow and pressure. That's it. I, 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 the first place I'd go would be check the fuel pressure and check my fuel filter. Well, if you take the filter off, that's where you can check your pressure at yeah. right there. You can do it with an adapter and go in there. Yeah. When that filter comes oh. off, I bet if you pour it out the Check it out in your hand. It's going to be and be full of black stuff. But it's underneath the driver's door, right there on the frame rail, inside yeah. the frame rail. Now, if you had a scanner right. on that, you could look at the fuel trims on that and see if it's adding a bunch of fuel or trying to add fuel as you're accelerating with a with a trailer behind it. But uh, with no lights on in there, I bet that filter stopped up or that fuel pump's weak. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, what's weird is it never wants to kick down to a lower gear or anything while I'm pulling it until I really stomp on the gas to say, no, you're going to go up this hill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd almost lay odds you got fuel pressure problems. Uh, and, I, and I have seen the little spaghetti lines underneath that plastic cover on the intake. Mm-hmm. I have seen them right. dripping and do the same thing. But usually it'll throw yeah, a code up and run it's it. Gonna, it's going to be way rich. And, yeah, it's going to be know. running rich. But I, I'd pull the fuel filter off and check my fuel pressure before I'd done anything to it. All right. All right. Now, if, if you if you can yeah if you can't do that, my suggestion take it to a bumper to bumper certified service center. You're over in Valonia. You Barclays go, right there. Yeah, Bar- Barclays right there in Greenbrier. You can go right over to him. Or he go over to uh, the guy there that's a certified service center. Uh, Keith's. Yeah, Keith. Yep. In Valonia. Oh. Yeah, you can go to Keith's in Valonia. But I, I'd lay you odds you got fuel pressure problems. Well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Appreciate well, you. Our, Thank you. All right. You start breaking up there at the very end, just so you know. But, yeah. you know, it sounds to me like you got a simple answer to a, a question you probably thought was going to be a gazillion dollars to fix. Yeah. Because you, you were thinking transmission. They're, they're they're grossly overlooked because of the location on that filter. Yeah, And uh, the, the new cars don't have filters. I think they stopped in 04, 05 partial. 05, yeah. Yeah. After that, the filter strainer was in the fuel tank with the pump assembly. After that, on the GMs, they were on the frame rail. Wow. Yeah. I didn't and, know and, that. And, and a lot of people don't uh, forget about that. And even if the truck's been tuned up, they put a motor in it, they did this. You know, check the fuel filter on it. It's part of the service.
All right, let's take a break. Here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show, we'll be back with more questions from you at 823-0965, 823-0965. That's a perfect example of it probably is not as bad as you thought it was going to be. Get it to your bumper-to-bumper certified service centers uh, to get it fixed. All right, Cabot Emergency Hospital. I'll tell you what, you up in the Cabot area? This is a good deal for us. It really, really is. Cabot, you know, Ward, Austin, BB, all that area around there. Uh, Cabot Emergency Hospital is open uh, 24-7, 365. They've got a board-certified emergency physician on duty all the time. All the time, they got a complete suite with x-rays, CT scans, ultrasound. They even have an on-site MRI. They have an on-site lab, which is important. You get your lab results back in 10 minutes instead of 10 days in many instances. And they have a pharmacy. Plus, I will almost guarantee you, you walk in the front door, they'll walk you from the front door to the back to one of their suites to take care of you. Uh, in just a matter of moments. They do it. They do it well. They do it professional. And you've got doctors that know what they're doing. They're board certified that can take good care of you. Now, if you are having a heart attack and they find that out by looking at your lab work, uh, they're going to get you to a hospital as quickly as can be. Your emergency matters, and Cabot Emergency Hospital understands that. They want to get you back to life faster. They want to see you faster, and that's what it's all about, getting the service you need as quickly as they possibly can. Cabot Emergency Hospital. All right, let's get back and talk some more here about cars. Dave, do this one, the 2011 uh, GMC pickup. Uh, This is Don? Yes. The 2011 GMC Sierra has got a 1500. This is an SLE, eight-cylinder, 5.3 liters. This alternator keeps charging no matter how long or how far I drive. Last battery died even though the gauge showed charging. Replace the battery and alternator still charges continuously over 14 volts even after a 100 uh, uh, km ride at highway speeds. A uh, mechanic and tow operator told me my alter- alternator was charging good, so only needed new battery. Could it be my vo- voltage regulator is pooched? No, it's not. It's it's no. normal 13, 8, 14, 2 is what it's supposed to yes. charge. Okay, so what's going on here? What do you think? Well, I think he just had a bad battery. <laughs> He's not saying the battery's bad since then. He's just asking why it's charging over 14 volts driving. Yeah. And there again, Joe, the, the 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 ECM is going to control all the charging. It's looking at it now. My question is if they put the correct battery in it. The correct amperage battery. The, the group size and the, uh, the OE style group size and cranking amps, cold cranking amps, because they have amp clamps that are on the battery cables, and it's monitoring that, so it's going to put out what it's supposed to put out for that battery. Yes. If you change that battery... It can affect the way it charges the battery. So, yeah, and and you know, and and it's all done by the ECM. The ECM, it, and he, you know, it'll see you turn the air conditioner on. It's okay. Look, I need I need more amps, or more volts, amps, whatever we, you know. But the the problem is, he may be running the air conditioner now, 
wide open, the fan wide open, and it's going to take more votes. But 13-8 to 14-2, you're, you're fine. You know, it, it kind of monitors, like if, if you have your wipers on and it's raining, you got your lights on, you got your radio playing, you got your AC on, you have all these accessories in there that are running <coughs> that's using voltage. So it's monitoring how much voltage is being used, and it's going to charge more than what is being used. If you don't do that, the battery runs down. Yeah. That's it. So basically, you know, over 14, slightly over 14 on his gauge, and his gauge is probably really not that accurate. If you had a scanner on it, you could look at it exactly. It could like be 14.4, 14.5. And if you turn everything off in there, it'll come down a little bit, and it'll be probably 13.7, 13.8, won't it, Doug? Yeah, 13.6 to 13.8, mm-hmm. because you don't have a load draw on it. That's it. You know, when you run it down the road and you got the air conditioner on, you got the headlights on, the wipers on, it's it's looking at all that and said, okay, we're drawing X amount of amps, so when we bump the alternator up, the, the ECM controls all that. And and you know, they're the, the it's built in the truck that way for one reason. They don't want to load that alternator unless all they the have to, because they're trying to get better fuel economy. So it's only going to go into high amp mode when it needs it, and it'll be in low amp mode when it doesn't. The same reason. The same reason they took all the fans off the front of the engines. They're all electric fans now. Right. They can run an electric fan a whole lot cheaper than they can run one on the front of the engine. Because it doesn't drag the engine down. Yeah. A, a, a regular fan, when it comes on, it, it'll it take two horsepower to pull it. Okay. You're talking about ones that are attached to pulley that... To the water pump. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes two horsepower to pull it. Where an electric fan that it gets to a certain temperature comes on automatically. And it's running off electricity. Right. So you're basically, you know, you're... You're adding two horsepower when you take the fan off front of the engine. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's, that you know, helps. Well, you just think the fuel mileage is probably one-tenth of a mile better. But every one-tenth of a mile that they get better, the better off we are. Yeah. you know, and, Better and, off they are with the government. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they're lighter and they're more efficient. All about the fuel economy and meeting the CAFE standards. Yeah, and that's why you these new vehicles, you go down the road and crack a window, you hear that whoop, 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 whoop. Oh, I hate that. It, that's strictly because you've changed the way the air flows around the car. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I mean, I've, if I I don't ever try to open just one window. No, you have to crack one, yeah. then crack the other one. Yeah, then you got to open the other side to so, get it to max. It, it tears my ears up when it starts that whooping noise. Yeah, I don't like it. But, it hurts my head. But you're changing <laughs> the aerodynamic of it, you know, where the where the air is coming around the vehicle, you're changing that when you open the window. It's not flowing on out the back of the car. Instead, it's flowing inside the car. All right. I wanted to, to jump on this. Um, changes. Getting a, getting, getting, getting myself a, you know, trying to find an article real f- fast. Uh did you see this? Did I send you guys the story about the changes about car batteries, about charging them? I don't think you sent uh, it to me. Musk and another company say that by 2025, they're, they're working on what's called a graphite battery. Familiar with it? Nope. Graphite battery. And uh, 
they will be able to charge that battery up 100% in 10 minutes. Okay. And they said that is, you know. What's the amp hours on it for it lasting? Well, I don't know. I mean, they said it will, the Musk people said their battery would last, would be, uh, would hold up under 2,500 charges. That's quite a few. That's quite a few. Uh, and uh, so, I don't know how much you drive it though, Dave? Well, I I understand, but with that even in mind, they said the number one thing holding people back from buying an electric car is what? The batteries, My, yeah. miles, miles, because yeah, you can't yeah. get enough out of the batteries. That's correct. Okay, so they've figured out that when you pull into a filling station, it's about a ten minute to twelve minute stop. Yeah. So if you can charge your electric car in 10 minutes, they think it breaks through that hesitancy in, with the consumer, and uh, they'll, they'll start moving forward. So as I said, when, I'm in, when I sit down, in Texas, we're having yeah, rolling blackouts. You, where you get all the electricity. California's right. have rolling blackouts, and you got a car, That's right. and you, you need to go to work, and you're you don't gonna, got no electricity to charge it with. You're going to pull up to one of them charge stations and plug it in? And everybody on the other side of town ain't going to have no lights. <laughs> All their electricity goes. <laughs> yeah, the lights, you know, and and that's that's my, you know, that's what I've been, you know, been talking about for a year. We already got shortage of electricity. And how are you going to support all the electric cars? Yeah. It's, it's, Solar ain't going to I mean, support all a, the electric there's cars. A lot of, there's a lot of cars out there, a lot of questions out there. I'm just trying to tell you, they're saying one of the things that they're trying to break through is the hesitancy of the consumer because of how long it takes to charge the car. And you can't with get this, but about 300 miles. And they're saying it. with the uh, graphite battery, they can charge you up in 10 minutes. Of course, you got to have all the infrastructure put in. Exactly. You got in solar system, you're not going to charge all the world with solar system. I just can't see it working. I could be wrong, but we're already having rolling blackouts. Yeah. We don't have enough electricity just to turn air conditioners on. It's, it's you know, I, I think, you know, the power plants are going to have to build some more of them, and they're going to have to be nuclear is what they're going to have to be. Well, that's if, if you want clean yeah. energy, it's nuclear. There's no doubt about yeah. that. But the government's going to have to get real about their regulations. You know, I mean, you want to be safe, but, you know, redundancy after redundancy after redundancy is a little much. There's a power plant up in Dale, Arkansas, which is up by Blyville. Used to be cold, and now they have switched it over to natural gas. Okay, yeah. And there's one in Osceola that's still cold, and there's one up here at uh, by Newport that's still cold. But, you know... And the strange thing, the one in Osceola, Benton, gets their electricity from it. Because they're supposedly supposed to be part owner or something or other of it. Well, like, by, by the way, the batteries for your phone mm-hmm. will be good if you fully charge them probably for a week with yep. this new technology. Mine won't never make it. <laughs> well, it probably wouldn't take. You probably won't use a graphite battery. That's, My, that's mine too much. I'm just, I'm just saying they're, they're, they're really working on this is what i'm trying to say and and they batteries are better today than what they was five years ago 
and a whole lot better than they were 20 years ago oh yeah you remember you used to you throw your back out pulling a battery out yep. back 20 years ago it was so heavy that's a fact it had a whole lot more lead in let them yeah, yeah all the lead but graphite think about graphite think about that's the stuff that's in the uh that's in your pencil all right think about how light that's going to be it was pretty interesting how they do it pretty got some smart people working on it because they know there's a lot of money uh that's going to be made off of having a good battery and well, heat and temperatures and and vibration and all that will come into play and i'm sure they're uh testing on all that too yeah because they got to make them withstand the holes in the road and you know to well, make they, them there's a up. lot more to it than just you're gonna get 250 power. something degrees underneath the hood and and it's going to be sitting out there and in the Baking weather. in the sun and yeah. getting cold in the winter. Yeah, it'll be 10 degrees in the morning when you go out there to get in it. So. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. East End Towing wants you to know that no matter what the situation, East End Towing can handle it, and they have all the answers for you. Like I tell you, Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board, licensed and insured tow operation, each truck permitted and they make sure their people are trained correctly. They do want to remind you to slow down and move over. That's the campaign that's going on this summer. If you see those yellow or orange lights flashing in front of you on one side or the other, uh, that means a tow operator is there. Move to the other side of the highway as far away from the tow operator as you can and spare the people who are out there working. There's nothing scarier uh than to be on the side of the road and you got trucks and cars whizzing past you 70 80 miles an hour get your attention real quick uh take this number down put it in your uh, glove compartment in your wallet or in your purse or wherever you keep your numbers at and uh, know that if something happens and it will uh you'll have a number to call 501-888-8849 501-888-8849. Now, remember, that's for here in central Arkansas. Don't co- co- uh, give them a call from up in Maine uh, and ask them to come and tow you because that would be an expensive tow, I'm just telling you. Uh, East End Towing, 501-888-8849. How about a uh, 2015 Chrysler 300? You guys want to talk about one? That's fine. Sure. Nate has high vac climate control being erratic. I've got a Chrysler 300, originally passenger temp door failed, stuck in position, replaced door, calibrated, all was well for two months, uh, returned with same symptoms, right temp door and main left temp door fault codes for travel too large, warranted the passenger side, replaced the driver side, calibration then failed. Uh, this is a mechanic writing, you guys. Mm-hmm. Have full control, but mechanic uh, the vehicle does a self-system check almost as if it tries to calibrate itself every time that the vehicle is restarted. Went ahead and replaced all four actuators, recirculation door, main left, left side, and right side. Now throwing travel too large for all actuators and calibration still failing. All doors traveled their full lengths and then replaced the climate control plug and play module from dealer. Same problem persists. Fault codes return immediately even with climate off and no calibration running with KOEO. 
on that vehicle. I don't know what scanner he's using to calibrate them, but that is an important thing. Exactly. And, and you know, uh, and also who, where he's buying these actuators from and what quality they are. Uh, without having the vehicle and seeing it, uh, and, and it keeps losing its calibrations, telling me that one of them is, is not right. And what will happen is if it sets fault code in there, it goes to default. And, and it, it'll it'll usually it'll blow out the defrost when it does that and more blow warm air, not cold air. And it's not going to work right, but it's doing what it's supposed to do because it's supposed to leave it, the car where you can drive it inclement weather, defrost the windshield. And, but, yeah, I think he's I think there's an error there in some uh, learning procedure, calibration procedure he's doing. And it might be, you know, in our world, Duck, we see some scanners that communicate better with certain modules on certain year make and model. Yes. And and a lot of times we'll say, well, I know this one works better on that one. Let's go get this scanner. Yes. So, and same yeah. way with diesel trucks. Yeah. The Cummins scanner, scanner that I have is a genuine from Cummins, and I have a snap-on one. Mm-hmm. The snap-on one works fairly decent, but the Cummins will outwork it five to one. Mm-hmm. So I think that he may just need probably a bit, little bit better tool to go in there yeah. and and get that thing relearned and calibrated. Yeah, that's, that's I, I, something isn't going on. He ain't getting something calibrated. And you know, and though those Dodges, the, they the Chrysler's they had a little issue with the doors too being uh, plastic. And you know, I, I don't know about the integrity of his door. He could have one that's a little bit loose or something, or broke the shaft. I was on fixing it to say I've seen him with the shaft broke. So, uh, really, without seeing it, that's about the best idea I got right there. Yes. And, and like you say, it could be a broke door that he just hadn't caught it. Mm-hmm. In order to put a door in, you got to pull the dash out of it, pull the box out, tear the box apart. Well, I'd be remiss if I did not bring to everybody's attention that this was a mechanic writing to you guys yes. for an answer to a problem he could not solve. Well, he's he's got he, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with you having good for with him. asking for help. There's nothing wrong with that, Dave. right? Now we ask help we do all, it the all the time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you ever seen this before? <laughs> you need something to bounce something off of, and you know, sometimes they'll say, you know, I did, I seen something like that. It's been a while. Let me let me check with my guy and go out there and ask a few questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that, and this is what we found. And usually, it's something that's real minor and. And he didn't even think of, you know what I'm talking? It's out, out oh. of the ordinary for sure. You know? Well, you get to you get to out thinking the problem, and then you, it, and it builds and builds and builds, and you can pick the phone up and call and say, "Hey, have you ever stumbled up on this? Oh yeah, this is what we found." Then you go over there and look. Oh man! It, but it, you know, I had a I had another shop call me one time, and it's in our group. He says, "I got a Toyota in here. We put a time belt on, put it back together, and we drove it in the building, put it back together, and it won't start." They said you can't you can't communicate with it. All the sensors are down. I said, "Well, you created this problem because it was running when it came in." Yeah, <laughs> drove in I the said, building, and I guarantee you, on the front of that motor, there's a cam and crank sensors. And I said, when you put them covers back on, you pinched one of them five volt reference wires and it's killed it. Yep. About an hour later, called me back and he said, "You're right." He said, "We were just overthinking. We thought maybe we had done something, taking the battery cable off, putting it back on, damaged PCM." Yeah, and a lot of times you'll you'll start overthinking it. Yes, and, and it's easy to do, you know. So everybody's done it. We all the reason we say this because we've done it. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you look at some of those wires and how thin they are, it would be hard to cramp one of them up. They're using 16, 18, 20-gauge wire now and stuff. But anyway, that that kind of stuff happens, and uh, I don't know what he's, you know, exactly what Nate's got going on here, but uh, I would be looking at it with different scanner, what I'd be doing. Yeah, or give one of us a call, and we'll see if we can't help you, Nate. Yep. All right. Well, we'll be back again next Thursday to answer more of your, your uh, questions and calls, uh, except Duck won't be here. He's uh, he's going to be out, but he's going to be around, so don't be thinking things out no. there. Tell your wife not to call me, okay? I'll tell her to call you anyway. <laughs> I'll have her to call you one day next week. All right. Joe, we'll, we'll see you, of course, yes, sir. Uh, next week, and we'll be ready to continue on. Don't forget Car and Truck Doctors back in studio on Saturday. Uh, we'll be with you. We weren't last Saturday because it was 4th of July weekend. We'll be ready to take your calls on Saturday as well. That'll start at 9 a.m. I'm back at 6 a.m. in the morning. We'll have Robert and Chris on. We've got some different uh, stories to deal with from a legal standpoint. Then Matt Smith at 7.30. We'll talk about that new movie starting this weekend, Black Widow. There's uh, some advanced showings tonight. I'm seeing one of them, and uh, I'll tell you what I think about it tomorrow around 7.35-ish. There you go. Tune in. Tell you whether you waste your money or not. All right. See you tomorrow, 6 a.m.